0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. In this digital age, despite all the exciting formats of news at our fingertips, text journalism still stands the test of time. Why? Well, it's still the easiest way for people to quickly extract the information they need and then go about their daily lives. One news publication that has thought long and hard about this is Axios. It launched in 2017 by the founders of Politico with a very distinctive take on how its articles should look. Out with fluff, inverted pyramids and journalese, in with what they call smart brevity. It's a very conscious effort to create reader-friendly news articles. Their time-poor readers have come to expect the need-to-know events and data points from the worlds of business, tech and politics. We're going to talk much more about that with the Editor-in-Chief, Sarah K Halani Gu. Plus, stay tuned as she shares with us the secrets of Axios' bootcamp training sessions and what they look for when hiring new writers. That's pulled into focus by plans to expand their coverage into local US markets following this month's agreed acquisition from its lead investor, Cox Enterprises. Don't go anywhere. Sarah, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thanks so much for jumping on the show.
1: Oh, and you as well. Thank you for having me.
0: Would you share a little known fact about yourself with our audience, please?
1: Well, a fun fact about me is that, as you may have noticed from my middle name, is Hawaiian. So I'm part native Hawaiian. I grew up in California, though, and I do know how to dance hula. So not sure many editors-in-chief know how to do that. How's that? (laughs)
0: is it is is a great fact your best tip
1: uh my best tip for hula dancing Mm -hmm. oh well you got to start early on that one um (laughs) to be really good that's my advice
0: the interesting parallel when i went when i went skiing out in austria it's very similar you got to start them very young to get that low sense of gravity and then it's kind of easier like if you start later on in life it's so much harder maybe it's similar
1: you do need a low sense of gravity for hula dancing too so there you go we have something across, you know, global, like, the translates. So <laughs> love that.
0: According to the last Reuters Digital News Report 2022, 71% of UK news audiences still prefer text over video today. In the US, that figure is 53%. The majority of people still value text journalism because it's a quick and easy way to access information on the reader's terms, and that holds true across all age demographics. Anyone who's been to journalism school should know what an inverted pyramid is, the classic formula for writing a traditional news article, most important information first, and then keep going in descending relevance to the reader. There's a similar line of thinking here. Give the reader what they need up front. Go on an Axios article, though, and you'll see something very different on offer. They use a model called Smart Brevity. It's designed to be reader-friendly for mobile readers. There's a few opening paragraphs, but the rest of the article is essentially subheadings and bullet-pointed information providing the key events, data, details, and wider contexts. It's a basic but no-nonsense way of writing, which leaves it up to the reader to find exactly what they're looking for, but also not to obstruct them with long-winding quotes flashy sentences
1: i started my career as a newspaper reporter and you know we were trained to write for the real estate that we had in a newspaper in a printed product in a column specifically and everything about that production was designed for that medium and i think it's funny that it's 2022 And I think we've made a lot of mistakes in the media news business where we've thought, okay, we'll just take what we've been doing and try to just slap it onto the internet or slap it into some other digital format without thinking about how is it going to be consumed and what is the best way from the reader's perspective or the listener's perspective or the streamer's perspective today to actually consume that. And we're finally, I think, figuring it out, you know, maybe 20 plus years later, Uh, at the start of this digital evolution, how to do that. And our whole reading design is built with that assumption that not only is it going to be read on the phone, but our assumption is that you, the reader, don't have a lot of time, that you're a pretty smart, busy person. And we're going to tell you at the very top of every newsletter, how long it's going to take you to read it. And we're not going to waste your time with indulgent details that don't really matter we just want to give you what the bottom line is and what really matters to you
0: Mm. you do when you read across an axios article you very much get a sense of the micro and the macro picture the the various different factors running through that story. I mean, for me, when I read one, it's very much, I compare it a little bit to like a pitch document that you might send your boss. It's got all of your main points in there. What do you need to know? What's the impact of this um, new revelation in the story? A couple of bullet points, you know, some other maybe relevant points that you might want to bring in. And maybe if you think about your reader, that makes a lot of sense because they're time poor. They're going to their own meetings. They want to be able to dissect that, take out the information they need quickly and, and apply it to their own lives in their own daily situation
1: right exactly and I think that some journalists early on when Axios got started uh, about five years ago dismissed this format and thought oh it just looks like thin journalism it looks like aggregation it looks like it's not original when in fact all the reporting is the same amount of reporting that would go into any other format it's just presented differently and we kind of have the best of both worlds in the newsletter our newsletters are, are free Uh, You sign up and you get the newsletter delivered to your inbox. Every kind of unit, every story, if you will, has an option to link out, to go deeper, to read a fuller, longer version. But it's just that in the newsletter, we want to give you that short, abbreviated version. If we're honest about what's changed in news, at least what we're trying to do in news, is that too often, I think reporters write for themselves or write for their sources and are a bit indulgent. And they aren't really thinking about the reader's information needs and in what order they need to be and how they need to be presented. So I think we still are able to offer all of that and give readers a few, a couple of options instead of just one format. I think we all love to think that someone's going to read to the end of our 2000 word story, but in reality, we know that's just not the case.
0: You're 100% right. And we even have a word for it, don't we? journalists. And there's a lot to be said about, you know, the. The, the gem of a story being buried underneath all of these journalistic languages that we tend to use so far down the story when really what the reader wants is to pick out those um, key findings and, and apply it to their own lives.
1: Right. And I, as a reader myself, you know, I still love my Sunday New York Times. I will sit and read it and I will read the print version and I will read a much longer story. But in the Monday through Friday, which is really where we focus in the morning of those days, the most important way to start your day, I think, with news is um, is something different, and it's reimagined. And you know what? It's not all that dramatically different.
0: You you said something really interesting on maybe an an early internal resistance to this idea. How did you overcome that, or maybe prove them wrong? Because it's kind of stood the test of time.
1: Yes. Well, I think um, we've also specialized in you know I think done a great job rather in who we hire. So we don't hire a ton of entry-level journalists and reporters. Uh, we hire experts in their field and we've built coverage around their expertise and frankly, their ability to break news. And so what we found is that in a, in a, especially in today's social media age, people follow individual reporters and people they trust, whose reporting they trust and know and get to know because of either their professional interest or their personal interest in a given topic, um, rather than, you know, oh, I trust only this institution, I would trust only this media organization. And so we've been very, I think, smart about being able to recruit talent and retain talent and the op- given them the opportunity to own their own newsletter. So whether that's markets coverage or politics, technology coverage, um, even we do some niche areas like science and space. Um, you know, they, they the reporters love it because they kind of have their own platform and our readers love it because it feels uh, uniquely for them. They have a relationship or an accountability. If you can respond to a, a, an email newsletter to its author directly, as they can with ours, that feels very powerful. That feels very special. It feels like something you can trust and rely on uh, for your information every day.
0: Is it hard when 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 hiring these experts, these very well-drilled, experienced journalists to get acquainted with your very notable and signature identity um, when it comes to your articles, uh, what I'm really asking you is how do you train these people to write in your very clear and consistent Axios format?
1: Oh, good question. Uh, we have a whole boot camp for our new employees in the newsroom, and everyone goes through it, no matter what your job is. If you're a copy editor, if you're an illustrator, data viz... Podcast, uh, you know, reporter, editor, you you are going through what we call smart brevity training. Um, it is a bit of indoctrination, <laughs> but I think it's a kind one. And you know what's funny is, and maybe surprising is that it doesn't take people that long. They get it because the essentials of journalism that why it matters is in every story and bold letters. And uh, that is what a reporter has to deliver with every story, no matter how they put it together. Um, And the rest is just about kind of prioritization of of information and where it goes. And uh, everybody goes through it, it takes um, a couple hours and we follow up with additional training after someone has been here for a while. We also have training on how to write Elite story we call the one big thing Um, so training is essential part of um, you know that writing style mastering it learning from others the editors are also great about enforcing it and i think what's surprising is that we've hired a range of different reporters like i mentioned we hire experts but it's not just newspaper reporters it's magazine reporters who used to writing very long articles are able to get it quite quickly and pick it up and you know honestly I think of it as kind of also the screening process. When I interview reporters, I, I, I say, like, let's have a candid conversation. Do you feel like you can embrace this? And some are like, you know, have more tre- trepidation about it than others. Um, but, you know, I don't think people would join unless they felt like um, this was something they could adapt to. This is something they could learn something from and um, maybe even enjoy. So um, I think it makes them a lot more efficient actually about the reporting in their work.
0: We talked about the subheadings before and they actually have an internal term, axioms. These are the terms or phrases that you'll see in an Axios article in bold that tee up a section. And there's about 50 of these, like why it matters, reality check, by the numbers, what they're saying, the other side, and so on. These are common themes within their stories. There's no prescribed formula over which ones the reporter should or should not use. That's where the boot camp training comes in handy, as it helps them pick and choose which ones help tell their story. Sarah says this provides uniformity across the publication without constraining reporters.
1: More than anything, what I hear from reporters is it's clarifying. It is forcing me to distill my story into the most essential bits and to present it to readers in the clearest possible way. And believe it or not, even journals who've been doing this for 10, 15 years, uh, find something new out of this and have learned something new out of this. So I think it's exciting. We, you know, And I'm not surprised to see other people copy uh, what we're doing in some version of this format with bullets. I mean, I think about the way our eyes as readers scan a page or look at a website or look at our phone we have designed something we call the atomic unit. The atomic unit is how much of a story you see without having to swipe up and read more. And so it is the headline, it is the illustration or the data viz, and it is the first two paragraphs until you get to why it matters. So you have to view all of that in one screen on your phone. If you do not, the reporter has failed at their job, or the editor too, and they have to think about how to write that. And they all have to travel together because we know that's what people see and they'll either decide to read or not. That's also what travels with social. That's what also travels to the website. So it's all intentional, it's design, it's reporting, it's presentation, it's framing. And all of those things have to be thought through. Um, But luckily it's something that journalists can adapt to and learn very quickly
0: amazing um i'm looking at the piece now and and what you're saying makes entire sense when when it comes to the axioms and you said there's maybe like 50 of them are they all in a little repository somewhere or do you keep them tucked away in a specific internal workflow or <laughs> how does it work
1: they are we are we have a whole internal documents as part of the training for smart brevity but you know all shared in a google doc with the with the staff so it's not nothing secret mm-hmm. um but something that we share and i think you know even if you were a very careful reader, you could probably make a list of them yourself. And, you know, honestly, we're also, also uh, you know, uh, evolving newsroom. And if people have great suggestions for new ones, we're, we're cool with that. We're open to it.
0: <laughs> when you put so much of a pedigree on clarity, how does that then impact the types of metrics you look for in your articles and, and what really indicates success for you?
1: Right. Well, one thing that I think is very surprising for a lot of journalists is that axios did not start as a website Uh, we were not chasing clicks from day one and i think that's because we saw that business had largely failed uh, to deliver quality journalism and didn't really work as a business either um what and i you know this was before my joining axio so i give a lot of credit to the founders of the company for thinking this through who are journalists themselves uh, and and it started with newsletters in a way an email seems like an old format uh for to consider it digital uh, journalism but i think that's why you see all the growth that's happening there's not you know at least in the United States. That's where you see upstarts like Substack, why you see uh, new companies like Semaphore. They understand that um, loyalty and trust is hard to uh, accomplish in news, especially in today's polarized uh, environment where you know, people actively distrust and hate on certain media brands because of their perceived political or real political affiliation. True, uh, I'm sure that's true in the UK as well. It is. So we operate from this place of trust us. We're going to be clinical when it comes to politics, but we have a whole lot more to offer Uh, Because why? Because your healthy news diet deserves to be more than politics if we're all going to be sane individuals (laughs) at the end of the day. That has built the business on uh, the kinds of ads we and the revenue, frankly, um, has also been diversified from the start. So we started with newsletters. We grew into events. We've done in-person events. We do online events. Um, We also have started uh, going into local, which I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about and then we um, uh, have branched out into podcasts. We have a daily podcast. We have a special investigative reporting podcast. And um, we also have, um, you know, we had Axios on HBO. So we've definitely been interested in expanding into the streaming content space as well. Uh, uh, not to mention, we've started to, to um, do some small niche um, paid News newsletters uh, that are very uh, specific to different industries and policy. So uh, we're excited about like having our fingers in all those buckets, and each of them is a very diversified revenue stream. When you add it all up,
0: it seems to me like Axios would value time on site just by nature of the way that the, the the website scrolls. Like one article tends to lead into another, and then you know the longer they spend on the site, you've got those other um services to promote to them, the podcasts and newsletters, which are obviously revenue generating um streams for you. So is is time on, on site something you value in particular?
1: Yes, it is. And I don't mean to discount the website. It is a very valuable uh, place for us um, to reach new audience and also um, advertisers. But often honestly the, the newsletters we're able to command such a premium there that the website is, is not like the most essential part of the revenue. And uh, yes, we, we, it's really about reaching um, audience size, but also the right audience. We're also not trying to go for everybody, uh, at least to start. We're trying to go for uh, people who make decisions. We're trying to go for people who are engaged in the world and have important uh, decisions to make, uh, whether they're at the top of companies or government uh nonprofits, universities, etc. So we think that that's the best way to grow is from the top down.
0: In 2020, Axios started to expand into local news coverage where it currently serves 24 cities in the US, from Atlanta to Washington DC and many cities in between. Earlier this month, Axios agreed a deal to sell to their lead investor Cox Enterprises in a deal worth $525 million, and that will fund the expansion into six more cities by the end of the year, bringing that total up to 30. Local readers get a lowdown of their city in the same bite-sized bullet point style. It's a breath of fresh air compared to what is typically on offer. In the big picture, To use an axiom, Axios is one of a tiny handful of digital news startups that have sold for more than $500 million in enterprise value in the past decade. Axios is also projected to earn $100 million in revenue this year and triple revenue next year. So something must be going right. Sarah tells me how simple but effective news coverage, combined with savvy hiring, has paved the way for success on a local level.
1: We're really excited, first of all, about this Um, acquisition. And normally journalists don't say that about acquisitions in their business, but this was a true partnership and a sign of faith in our future and our expansion. Um, Cox had previously been an investor, a relatively recent investor, in the company uh it's a private company we're a private company and so is cox Mm -hmm. um but they i think saw that like we reached a certain maturity where they really wanted to have a bigger ownership stake and they really had a vision or wanted to support our vision really about expanding that particularly local but not just local um and i think it was just kind of a meeting of the minds and a great um opportunity for us that we couldn't turn down. And I think everyone's really excited about it.
0: Yeah, clearly. Uh, And this is going to enable you to expand even further into local markets growing from 24 to 30.
1: Yes, at least for this year. Um, Actually, this year, we, we aren't really changing our plans for this year with the Cox acquisition. This really affects our growth Going forward in 2023 and beyond, and I think we are excited. We think we could potentially even double the number of cities that we're in now um, within the next year or so. Um, it's really about finding talent and selecting those cities is often the hardest part. Um, but the model that we've built, I think, really is is something to be hopeful about, even in journalism. You know, I I personally have you know mentioned I grew up in newspapers and loved that part of covering different communities. And I think seeing that erode, seeing a lot of journalists out of work through acquisitions from, um, you know, uh, private equity firms has been really not just sad, but devastating for communities. And if you want to be even, you know, bigger about it, it's democracy, um, you know, because we all need um, to have some trust um, and local i think we think is the place to build it and to rebuild it perhaps i think there's a lot to be hopeful about and i hope people see that Um, we are already in 24 cities now um, and hope to bring that to 30 by the end of the year but what's exciting is that you know we didn't launch them all at once but the ones that we launched first we are seeing grow uh, subscriptions to the newsletter that are bigger than the daily newspaper in those cities within just a couple of years I mean that blows me away yes blows me away and it's it's um granted we're free we're Monday through Friday we're not offering the same product as a as a newspaper
0: do you think part of that is just offering something very different to the status quo I mean we said so much up until this point about just how signature and your identity as a brand you coming into somewhere new it's just such a completely different value proposition
1: yes absolutely um, I think that we're very focused on, you know, covering what a community cares about. And again, like I mentioned earlier, we only want to hire local reporters who've been around, who know that city, who have sources in that city, who know how it works, who understand how to break news in that city. They um, had been doing that for years, ideally. So that's great, too. We're not, it's not as though we're going to fly in somebody from New York City to cover Des Moines, or Chicago. Um, we only, I think in, you know, for better, or for worse, we're finding a lot of people from the local news um, community that has been out of work, really great talent, now we're able to find them, um, you know, put them back in business.
0: So you're going to have jobs going, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> yes, we're doing a lot of hiring.
0: For someone maybe putting in their application to you, what would you suggest?
1: We um, are interested in reporters uh, who are, you um, who are knowledgeable about a very particular area. And that could be, I'm the expert on, you know, uh, the business community in the city of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Or it could be, I am an expert in covering cryptocurrency, which we just launched a newsletter on that. So we, you know, try to identify areas where there is, you know, much needed information and there's much needed expertise um, and marry those two to launch new newsletters. Um, And that's been a great formula for success. And we are looking into, you know, broadly on the national level, other areas that we could own and expand. Um, And I think that's exciting to think about Um, health, not health care, which we already do, but I think wellness, perhaps, Um, education is another one we know is being dramatically transformed by COVID, and is yet to fully play out and shake out um and that touches every community and is important i think parents in particular can't read enough of that and so anyway we're we're the exciting thing is that we are being acquired by a much larger company but i think we still think like a startup and if there's a real need um you know people have pitched us we we started a sports newsletter because there was a reporter doing his own newsletter on sports american sports actually he covers quite a bit of uh soccer football and uh Cricket, even, every, every once in a while.
0: <laughs> cricket, wow, I didn't, wasn't expecting that.
1: I can't say I know a whole lot about that topic. Me neither. But, um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, he, he pitched us and said, hey, I've got a newsletter. I'd love to come work for you and take it to Axios. And uh, we ended up relaunching his newsletter as Axios Sports. So same thing with gaming. So I think there's a lot of entrepreneurial journalists out there who have ideas. Maybe they've started something on their own and want to be part of something bigger. So I'd say... That's my advice. You can pitch me.
0: Love that. What's been maybe your biggest takeaway in the growth of the Axios local market model?
1: It's been great to see how the reporters we've hired in every city have really tailored it to what their city cares about. They come up with their own features. They play off of local language, local places, local conversations. Uh, to come up with regular features, for example, um, and just how they present the news. I'll just give you one fun example. So in Minneapolis, uh, they have a regular feature called The Spoon, and it's a play off of a famous sculpture of The Spoon in an arts park um, in Minneapolis, and it's a very recognizable um, landmark, and it is a roundup of of each um you know news from around the city and in texas they have one in austin i believe it is they have called burnt ends which is a reference to barbecue (laughs) i won't get into trying to explain it for your audience but but anyway it's the same idea um, and in Massachusetts and Boston, we they have one called um, <laughs> Back That Mass Up, which is a playoff of a, of a song, but also Massachusetts. Anyway, it's a long story, but it's like only insiders know these things. And it's great to see um, that. I think, uh, what does that do? That is lighthearted antidote to the heavy news we may give you from from on a regular basis. But it's also a wink and a nod to like hey we know you we live here too
0: and and we know what we're talking about as well
1: we know what we're talking about exactly so i think if we hadn't done that this would not have worked and i think we trust the reporters too we don't prescribe you must write about politics on monday and business on friday or real estate on saturday we really leave all that content up to the reporters and and that is crazy as it is a novel concept to trust the reporters uh, to drive this is seriously one of our secrets of success.
0: You would have a field day if you ever did come to the UK with the amount of local trivia and bits of knowledge that you'd only know if you were sort of there embedded and wedded to the community. So Sarah, thanks so much for your time and insights today. It's been a blast.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time.
0: A revealing and fascinating conversation there with Sarah, and I'm left thinking about brevity and axioms. Why does this matter? Because at a time when so many people are avoiding the news, we need to think about making it more accessible. But also because it's refreshing to hear about positive acquisitions and plans to scale, particularly because we talk so much about the economic hardships within local news. But what did you learn today? That's what I want to know. I'd love to hear from you so get in touch with me on Twitter at Journalism or the wider team at journalism.co.uk at journalism news with your thoughts. If you'd like to feature on the show or you've got a topic or story you want us to cover on the podcast please do get in touch. I'm on jacob at journalism.co.uk and finally if you like what you heard today you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. That way, you won't miss our next exciting episode. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.